Oh, praise God. What a friendly bunch you are. Fantastic. Everybody doing okay today? Hey, if you're visiting with us for the first time or you're visiting from another church in the country, we just want to give you a massive welcome. Again, if you're visiting us for the first time, give us another opportunity to welcome you. Would you lift your hand for us today? Come on, church. Let's show a big welcome to each. (coughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, here we are. We're coming out of August and the weather's finally got good which is brilliant, and we're going to enjoy a great week of summer. I hope you've had a good August, however you've been spending summer. I hope it's been um, a time of just refreshment. And I'm so excited about all that God's going to be doing next in Family Church, aren't you? I really am. We've got a few announcements over the next few weeks, and they're good announcements. They're exciting. And um, you know, next week, we're going to be telling you about a theme or a focus that we're going to be starting next week, that we're going to be continuing on through this coming year. And it's really, really exciting. We sense God all over it. So if you could play with the sound a little bit, uh, sounding echoey up here, if you could sort that, that would be brilliant. Hey, let's give thanks to God for our sound team. These guys are awesome. Often they go totally unnoticed until somebody says something and everyone looks around and looks at them. And uh, we're just so thankful for them. One of the changes we've got coming up uh, is in two weeks' time on the 17th of September, we are moving our online church from a studio production to live here on a Sunday morning. You know, when we were in that season um, called lockdown and and that crazy season that feels like a bad dream now, doesn't it? We went online and we remained in our studio afterwards because we gathered an online community. And for the last couple of years, we've been on Sunday morning doing our online church from the studio at the Empower Centre. But I really felt it was time to let the online church join us here on a Sunday morning For all the good bits, the fun bits, the messy bits, the bits when somebody says something they shouldn't have said. You know, all those, that's church, right? We're a family and there's messy bits. And uh, I'm so thankful for what Pastor Sarah and Mark have done over the last few years. But from the 17th, we are going to go live on Sunday morning from here um, at 10.30. So the world and your friends can join the live experience of church. That's exciting, isn't it? Listen, really need some people that are technically minded to help us do this. So um, if you're able to, or you've got a passion to work cameras, be involved in the technical side of what makes that happen, could you speak to Smudge? If you don't know who Smudge is, Smudge is uh, the worship leader this morning that led us so wonderfully in worship. Speak to him and let's build a strong team so that we can take who we are on Sunday to the world. Amen. So that's good. So lots of other announcements coming. Um, hey, I went away with Gina a couple of weeks ago. We popped over to Israel for four days just to um, celebrate 30 years of marriage, our anniversary. And uh, <clears throat> I knew 
I know, boy, uh, a, a trip to Israel would give me uh, a few years of good points with Gina. And uh, hey, up here for thinking, right? So uh, we went over there, and it wasn't one of these Holy Land tours that you buy. It was an Andy make it up as you go along tour. And they're a lot more fun because you miss out on all the bits you really don't need to see. They're just stuff that man's done. And you concentrate on the bits that matter. And so we just hired a car and I just drove around Israel, spent some time in Jerusalem. But actually, for me, one of the most important parts or one of the most profound parts wasn't so much Jerusalem because a lot of the synagogues and stuff that you visit it really doesn't have much to do with God it's like Jesus stood there for 20 minutes so they build a temple you know there's stuff there that you need to see but there's a lot of stuff you don't and one of the things that really impacted me was when we visited a little fishing town called Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee. And we just drove there because it felt so real because you had this little fishing village. And it was obvious this was the spot where Jesus turned up and said to Simon and Andrew, hey, come and follow me. And it was obvious that the house behind was where he sat with the family, healed Peter's mother. There was a little synagogue. There was something so realistic about Capernaum just on the edge of that shore imagining what it was like to be a fisherman and for Jesus just to turn up at that shore and not bring religion or confusion or some of the junk of the modern church but just simply say hey why don't you follow me I know where I'm going if you follow me I will cause you to change the way you think and your life will be a brand new life And as I was standing there, I was like, man, haven't we made Christianity sometimes really confusing with all the bits and the bobs that we add on and the things we need to do? But let's never forget, it's still about a person, Jesus Christ. It's still about Jesus, the Son of God, who still today comes to you and me like he did those first fishermen and says, if you come and follow me, I will give you a brand new life. You see, the Bible says that Jesus went from village to village preaching repentance and the message of the kingdom. So often when we talk about repentance, we think it's a feel-bad moment. Oh no, you caught me, I'm going to repent. Boo-hoo, cry my eyes out. That's not what repentance is. You see, when Jesus went to a village or he encountered a person, he would say to them, repent, but what he was saying to them was... You've been thinking one way, and those thoughts have been influencing your life. Come and follow me, and I will teach you to think a brand new way. And when you begin to think in a brand new way, your life will change before your eyes. The message of Jesus today, still to us, is he says, let me change the way you think. Because until you change the way you think, you won't successfully change the way you live. So often we look at the behavior of a person, but actually behavior modification really doesn't work if you don't first go to the thought or the thinking that causes the behavior of a person. The Bible says in Proverbs, consider carefully the pathways of your feet. So we can find ourselves on good pathways and bad pathways. We did a series on pathways, didn't we, recently, back in May. 
But the reality is, when your feet are on a pathway, you've already put yourself somewhere because of the thought that you thought, the thinking that you had. And so often we try to deal with the fruit of what we're doing instead of deal with the thought that's causing us to do what we do. See, the message of the gospel is Jesus will give you a brand new life. He said to the fisherman, come and follow me. All Christianity looked like 2,000 years ago was good people like you and me said, Jesus Christ is the saviour. I'm going to leave the life I know and I'm going to follow him and I'm going to learn of him and I'm going to let him teach me how life could be. Here's the good news. It's the same deal today. Jesus still says Christianity is about me. Follow me. Leave your old life and your old way of thinking. Let me teach you kingdom living. It's when a person embraces a heart to let God change the way they think that their life goes from an old creation experience of life to something that's brand new, comparable to being born again. So my question today is simply this, what are you thinking? Let's talk about your thoughts for a moment because your thoughts are God-designed and they're very powerful things. Have you ever heard the expression, a penny for your thoughts? Anybody old enough like me, you've heard that. But you see somebody in a coffee shop and they're lost in thought. They're staring out the window and they're not looking at anything. They're thinking. And a person will come up and say, a penny for your thoughts? Now the reality is some thoughts are worth a penny. Shall I have curry? Shall I have kebab? (laughs) That's not a serious thought. That's probably, it's important that you get that right, but that really is a thought that could cost a penny. But in reality, there's a lot of thoughts that we all daily think that are a lot more worth than a penny because the thoughts that we're thinking are determining the next of our life. The things we do, the things we don't do. That's why God doesn't want us to become introspective, but he wants us to realize that we need to take some stewardship over the thoughts that we think, because the thoughts that we think create the pathways that we walk on. Everybody still with me? Now, thoughts are really important things, but they're also unseen things, aren't they? You don't see a thought. Ah, I just saw a thought. No, no, you you don't see a thought. You see the result of a thought. You you don't see a thought. You see the fruit of a thought, right? Now, I don't see your thoughts today. I don't see them. They're your thoughts. They're in your head right now. But in the next week, I will see the fruit of your thoughts. So those thoughts are invisible, Now, I've had some time off work, so forgive me if this is a little bit heady. I've been thinking. (laughs) Because thoughts are invisible, we don't think they're happening, but they are happening, and they're a key part of who you are. Jesus wants to be king of your thought life so that he can bring you into the inheritance that he's got for you. Amen? The Bible says this in Proverbs, as a person thinks, so are they. As a person thinks, so they will be. Can you see the relationship between the thought of a person 
and then the outworking of a life of a person. Now, there's a few things in life uh, you can't see, but you see the results of, right? Gravity. Can anyone see gravity today? Oh, there's a bit of gravity. No, you can't see gravity. It's an unseen thing, yet we all know gravity exists because we see the fruit of gravity when you drop something. What about oxygen and air? Now, if you've got breathing complaints today, emphysema or asthma, you do think about breathing. I get that. But for people that don't have breathing issues, you don't walk around in life going, did I breathe correctly then? How many times did I breathe for last minute? You breathe in and you breathe out. Now, breath and oxygen and breathing is, again, an invisible thing. But, boy, there's results if you don't do it. In the same way, thoughts like gravity or oxygen or air may be unseen, but the fruit of what they produce can be life-breaking or life-shaping. Now, I went on Google to get some facts because apparently Google knows everything, right? And it says, concerning thoughts, an average person, now I don't consider myself average, I don't consider myself normal. Normal is a setting on a washing machine, it's not my life, amen. I used to be average when I was born again, amen. But it says an average person thinks 60,000 thoughts a day. Now think about that. Did you feel yourself thinking 60,000 thoughts? No, but I guarantee the thoughts that you thought determined what you did next in the situations of your life. Now, again, this is speaking of an average person, not a born-again, blood-bought new creation. They say that 60,000 thoughts of a portion of most people on any given day, and 95% of the thoughts are repetitive, which means you're keeping on thinking the same thoughts, but you don't know you're thinking those thoughts because you're not thinking about your thoughts. But if you thought about your thoughts, you would see that 90% of your thoughts are actually repetitive, which means you're thinking about the same thing over and over again. Now, here's another conclusion that they came to. Sadly, and this isn't my portion, it used to be before I was born again, but 75% of a person's thoughts thoughts are negative now I don't believe that that's what a new Christian born again life should look like they used to be negative but when you got born again God took you from 75% negative to 75% positive amen now the thing is thoughts are invisible we're all having them and we need to understand that they have an effect on the next of our life what do we mean by that what you're going to do next is related to the thought that you're thinking right now how you respond to a situation or you respond to something is related to the thought that you're thinking in that moment. The next direction of your life is determined by the dominant thought in your mind. Now, when we think of the sad pathway of addiction, we know this to be true, right? But if somebody with an addiction to alcohol or drugs has a thought, and it's a dominant thought, I must get drunk, you can guarantee by the end of the day that man will be in the off license. Because the thought that was dominant in his mind took him to the place that the thought was taking him to. Now that's negative, but positively, if we make our key thought, I want more of God, guess where you're going to end up? We need to take responsibility for some of our thoughts God gave us the ability to think, but sometimes we don't think about our thinking. <clears throat> now, thoughts carry the potential for things good and bad. Invention and innovation are a thought, and they're amazing, aren't they? 
Now, when we talk about things being carried on thoughts, it's good, it's bad, it's healthy, it's not healthy, it's building or it's destructive, depending how we allow ourselves to think. So you've got a person working in the company and that company has done everything the same way for 20 years and had some success. All of a sudden, someone within the company has a thought of doing what they do differently They step out of what they'd known because they had a thought that contained innovation and invention. Do what they've done a little bit differently. Suddenly, the company goes through the roof and becomes a multi-million pound company. What happens? Somebody dared to go with a different thought. See, thoughts carry things. And that's why we've got to be more conscious of the thoughts we're thinking. Now, you may be in a moment of failure. You may be in a moment where something's happened. You may be in a moment where something's come to crush you. And you feel like giving up. And all of a sudden, in your moment of feeling like giving up, you have a thought, it's going to be all right. God's got this. Nothing's impossible for God. This is going to turn out okay. That thought comes into your thinking and gives you courage not to quit, but carry on. Where did that activity happen? Outside of you? No, it was within the mind of who you are. Now, in the same way, there's some negative things like offense. People get offended. Where, they get, where, do they get, where does a person get offended? We say they've got an offended heart, but it's an offended mind, right? Now, you live in a world, and there's some idiots in the world, and the chances of you not being offended at one point or another is very slim, right? Now, it's what you do when you're offended that determines whether you walk in truth and victory or failure and separation. See, Jesus said offense will happen. But it's how we deal with offense in our thought life that determines whether we live on to victory or give up and be separated when that was never the plan. Everybody with me? Now, offense is like peanut butter on a mousetrap. It works every time. Boom. If, 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 God wants to, if the devil wants to separate you from a crowd of people, he'll use the peanut butter of, of, of offense on the mousetrap. It'll catch you every single time. Now, when we look at deception as well, Deception is something that comes as a small thought but brings great destruction, right? How many times have you heard of a pastor that had a moment in the limelight? He built this huge, massive thing for the glory of God. And then all of a sudden, he's all over the headlines because he did something stupid morally. That stupid moral choice he made was a thought that he didn't govern. He allowed to germinate when it shouldn't. And it brought what he'd built into destruction. It all happened in the mind of the man. That's why thoughts are important. And we need to make sure that we're thinking God thoughts and allowing the thoughts of God to be the things that bring the direction to our life. Everybody still with me? Now, the reality is that normally everything starts with a thought. In the beginning, God thought about creating and then he acted on that thought and creation was brought into being. It's in the original design of who we are. Now, I'm amazed at my life sometimes because our lives are subsectional. There's different bits to who we are. But in a couple of sections of my life, I can be an absolute genius. Anybody else? And I'm like, I'm thinking thoughts and boy, things are happening. I'm like, that's a great thought. Look at the fruit of that thought. But at the exact same time in another area of my life, I'm like stupid. Or I'm living really dumb. And I'm making stupid decisions that are just idiotic. Yet, in one section of my life, there's thriving because of the thoughts that are producing flourishing. While in another area, I'm like, man, I said I wouldn't do that again. Look at me. What a big idiot. I did it again. Listen, you're not alone. We've all done that, and we all do that, right? Now, the good news is, 
The Bible's filled with examples of this. You've got people like King David. That when you read 2 Samuel 11, it gives us a couple of examples. In one moment on a rooftop, he looked over a wall and saw a naked woman or a woman that wasn't dressed. Let's call her a UFO, an undressed feminine object. Over, over the wall, over the wall. And he had a thought. He could have thought, like Joseph, let me run away and protect what God's doing in my life. But he had the thought, Daddy want that. And that thought acted on, caused him to commit adultery, produce a child that shouldn't have been produced, and have the husband of the man killed on the battlefield. Don't tell me that thoughts are harmless. And then you've got other examples like Naaman. He's got leprosy, he's dying. Now, David later on made a great thought, which was when Nathan came to him, he repented. God restored everything in his life. So there was a bad thought and a good thought. Naaman, remember the the guy who was a general who had leprosy. He, he wanted to be healed, and God sent a thought to him, just get in the Jordan. Dunk yourself like a baby or like a hobnob in a cup of tea seven times. Just get in there and do it. You'll be healed. God had given the thought for the moment, but Naaman didn't like the thought. Why? Because he was offended in his mind. He said, don't you know who I am? God knew who he was. And he said, rather I go in a cleaner river like the Farpar, that's a better river. Or maybe somebody could wave a coat over me. But eventually he got in alignment with the thought that God had given. And when he did, he was completely healed. Don't oppose God's thoughts, live in obedience to them. Prodigal child, perfect example of a bad thought and a good thought. The bad thought is he's living in the father's kingdom. He's got everything he ever needs. And he thinks, I'm missing out. That's a stupid thought that separated him from everything that he had. Then later on in the story of the prodigal child, it says when he's in the pigsty eating pig food, he came to his senses. He came to his senses. What does that mean? A good thought came in. And just like he'd done with the bad thought, he said that's a good thought. And the good thought that he had brought him on a journey of coming back to his father's house where he was restored, reinstated and got back into living a blessed life. I love it that these examples show us men and women that have bad thoughts or stupid thoughts, but also good ones too. Now, we need to be careful of the thoughts we allow to germinate, the thoughts that are worth more than a penny. Now, some of the 60,000 thoughts that you're thinking really don't matter. It's like Russ this morning said, shall I wear odd socks today? I'm doing an announcement on stage. I am Russ Lyons. Shall I wear odd socks I think he thought about it. Some would say he didn't, but I know him. But Russ wearing odd socks really isn't going to bring world peace, is it? Who knows? It hasn't yet. But other thoughts, they're more than a penny. And these are the thoughts, the thoughts that determine what we do next, how we treat people next, how we live for God next. Those thoughts are worth more than a penny because they're thoughts that determine the direction of your life. Now, here's a great example we've heard many years. And sorry if you're um, a bold man today. This, I don't mean to offend you in any way. But it says, this is what the statement said. It says, you can't stop the birds flying around your head. But you can stop them making a nest in your hair. And there's my apology to anyone that's follically challenged. In, uh, anyway, the principle remains true, all right? See, there's an opportunity to get offended. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to say, oh, Pastor Andy, he's a bit of a wally. I love him anyway, and move on. Or are you going to, that's it, I'm never going to that church again. 
he mentioned my follicle challenge. See, all this stuff is happening unseen, but it's not unproductive. Be careful what you think, amen. So you can't stop the birds. Thoughts are like birds. You can't stop them flying around your head, but you can stop them making a nest in your hair. That's you being adamant and more proactive about your thought life. It starts with becoming aware of thoughts. And the Bible speaks to us um, and gives us a couple of keys. Are you ready? The first key is the Bible teaches us in 2 Corinthians 10 that we need to know how to take certain thoughts captive. Okay? You can't control all the thoughts, but you do have the ability to take certain thoughts that if they germinate will ruin your life or keep you in ruin and take them prisoner and make them ungerminated. You still with me? Let me read you some scripture. Now it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war according to the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Where are the strongholds demolished in your mind? You see, God wants to use his word to demolish the strongholds that are in your mind. What's a stronghold? When something's got a stronghold of you. We demolish arguments, not outside of us, but also inside our heads and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowing of God. And we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. See, the Bible teaches us that we need to be involved in our thought life and understand that when a thought comes in that's got a pathway of destruction attached to it, we don't allow it to remain We're not passive with it. We grab it and we make it a prisoner. A thought comes in. You can't stop the thought coming in, but you can grab the thought and say, you're not a God thought. You're not a thought that's going to bless my marriage. You're not a thought that's going to bless my children. You're not a thought that's going to bless my future. So I take you captive. I make you a prisoner. And I tell you, you better come into obedience with what Jesus is saying. See, when you do that, you replace a thought that was going to kill you for a thought that brings you life. The bottle of water didn't like that. Another key that the Bible gives us, and this is a whole subject in itself, is the art or the commitment of living in the renewal of your mind. That you understand, right, that you had a former life where you didn't love God, God's spirit didn't live in you, you didn't look to the word of God for your future. But praise to Jesus, you were born again and made a brand new creation. The problem is, even though you're a new creation and your spirit is brand new, your soul and your flesh are in the process of being renewed. How does that happen? by the changing of the data on the hard drive of our mind. And that's why this doesn't happen instantly when you're born again. It's a commitment. That's why we always say, walk with Jesus, read your Bible. Walk with Jesus, read your Bible. Why every time you read your Bible, a thought of truth comes in and challenges a thought of error that you've been believing. Maybe you were raised in a bad environment and you learnt to think about yourself this way. But the problem is what you're thinking about yourself is wrong. That's why your life doesn't feel right. 
then you're born again and suddenly you open the Bible and the Bible says that you're a child of God, you're the apple of his eye, you're no mistake, you're chosen. You have a choice, do you deny the thoughts of God and live in what you knew or do you say, God, drive out those old thoughts, get rid of my stinking thinking, get rid of my stinking thinking, let your word replace the thoughts that I've been thinking that are not true. Now they say that when it comes to habits, this principle remains the same. The way to drive out an old habit is with a new habit. It's like they say, if you want to get a nail out of a piece of wood, the best way to get a nail out of a piece of wood is to bang a new nail in on top of it. This is the process of the renewal of the mind that we're all going to be on until we see Jesus face to face, right? But daily we have a moment where we become aware of a thought in our mind, but we know that's not a God-inspired thought. So we turn to the word of God, we think about what we've learned, and we say, no, this is what God says about this. Now I have a moment of crisis, a moment of choice. Am I going to continue in what's a lie, or am I going to embrace the truth? The moment you embrace the truth, the truth drives out the old thought. And your life begins to go in the direction of what you're now thinking. That's why we don't believe in um, behavior modification. We believe in a gospel that gives divine transformation. And the divine transformation comes from the work of the word and the spirit. Everybody still with me? I know I'm hitting you hard today, but we've got a series starting next week. I just wanted to nail this in before we started it. So we understand that the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2, no longer conform to the pattern or the thinking of this world. Rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is for your life. Now, we need to be proactive regarding our thought life, not pretend it's not happening. Not worry about some of the thoughts that are worth a penny, but some of the ones that direct your next, cause how you're going to treat a person, how you're going to forgive a person, you need to take responsibility for those thoughts because God wants you to have a better experience within them. I think we all need, I call it now, forgive me, I've got a bit of a speech impediment and I'm from Portsmouth, a thought filter. Let me try and say that properly. A thought filter. No, I still can't. It's a thought filter, all right? A filter that you use on your thought life, all right? I never used to say my S's now as a kid. Now I can say my S's. I just can't do my TH's. But it works for me. You need a filter for your thoughts. Hey, I did it. A filter for your thoughts. Hey, I'm nailing it now. Surely the Lord is in this place. (laughs) Now Paul gives us a thought filter. Listen to what it is. Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, Whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. How does this work? We have a thought filter, and when a thought comes in that says, um, hey, why don't you go visit pornography? You've had a hard week. You deserve it. Give yourself a little treat. You say, wait a moment. Is pornography and the effect of pornography on me and my family pure, noble, true, admirable, lovely? No, it's not. So I take that thought captive before it makes me a prisoner. I make it submit to the truth of God's word, and I choose rather to live in 
faithfulness of love to my wife and not look at other women on other sites. I choose to walk in freedom. And all that happened in my mind when nobody knew what I was thinking. Or in your mind. See, we've got to understand the power of thought so that we can begin to take victory in our thought life. Amen. Now, I used pornography as an example, but there's so many others, aren't there? Addiction, hatred, unforgiveness. They're all thoughts that carry a journey that you can take. Listen, but you don't need to. All right? So have a thought filter. But also consider the source of your thoughts. Because your thoughts are coming from somewhere. You're producing some of them, but the world is supplying others. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? The Bible teaches that bad company corrects, uh, corrupts good morals. Where are you sourcing your current thought supply? Is it from people that don't know God or don't believe in God? Is it from stupid Netflix series that give you a portrayal warped understanding of what life should look like? Or are you living in the word going, I know how to pull down the thoughts of this world, but it's the thoughts of God that are going to be the germinating thoughts. See, a thought's like a seed, and a seed can remain a seed until you let it germinate. So what were some of the biggest thoughts I've had? Well, we look at Family Church today, and I'm so thankful for the grace of God, um, of what God's done through Family Church. It certainly wasn't me. And we look today, we've got this wonderful congregation today. We've got congregations in Haven, Waterside, New Forest, Philippines, uh, Gospel, uh, all over the place. It's brilliant, isn't it? The lives that we're touching. Where did this begin? On the M27 in the White Cavalier. I was an evangelist. I didn't want to be a pastor. I was driving down the road and all of a sudden a thought, a God thought, came into my mind that said, God wants you to open a church. I could have brushed it off and got on with my evangelistic life. But I didn't. I stopped and I thought about it. And when I stopped and I thought about it, the seed germinated and became a desire. And then the desire acted out, gave us the fruit of what we see 25 years later. Don't underestimate the day of small beginnings. One small thought could change everything. One small God thought could change everything. But also, one small devil thought could ruin everything. What I'm saying is, just become more conscious of what you're thinking. Take responsibility for it. Now, where are you sourcing your thoughts? We can source them from media, from common life, from who you used to be before you knew Jesus. There's no shortage of wells to um, get thoughts if you're looking for thoughts. But to me, we need to be addicted to God thoughts. Why? Because his thoughts are better than ours. Let me read to you a verse from Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your, my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Listen, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, when I was raised in the church that I was raised in, I used to hear this preached. And this is what I was hearing because of my wrong thinking. God was saying, me up here, almighty God, I know everything. You down there, little pleb that knows nothing, you know who I am and don't try and be me. But actually, one day I heard this preached and the Holy Spirit said, no, it's not like that. God isn't making a belittling statement to put me in my place. 
He's actually saying, my thoughts and my ways are higher. Come on up and join me. Come up and join me. It's what Jesus said when he said to the fishermen, come and follow me. He said, your issues, you're thinking, but you don't even know it. Come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we have a choice. Are we going to come up and begin to enjoy higher thinking and higher thoughts that produce better living? Or are we going to remain in the cesspool of thought that we've lived in for far too long? Okay, let me just close with this. How do we access God's thoughts? Like I said, there's a source of thoughts that you can get outside of God. But you've also got God Almighty, your creator, saying to you, let your thoughts come from me. It's like the writer of the Psalm said, or the proverb, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. What's acceptable meditation in the heart of God when we're meditating on his word? Let the meditation, the thinking of my life be acceptable in your sight. Let the thought life of my world be acceptable, not just the words of my mouth. So here's two things that give you access to higher thinking or thoughts that can change everything. Number one, your Bible. Your Bible. Make sure you're living with your face in the sink of this word. Because when you're living in the word, your mind is being renewed when you notice it and when you don't. When you're reading scripture every day, when you're reading a proverb every day, when you're reading this every day, you may not feel you're learning, but the seed of God's word is coming into the storeroom of your mind. But it gets even better than that. You've also got the Holy Spirit living in you. Now, when we speak about spirit, we understand that in part we're speaking of the mind of someone. If you've got the spirit of someone, you have the mind of someone. If you have the mind of someone, you can access their thoughts, right? Before we're born again, we don't have the spirit of God living in us. We don't have God's mind living in us. But when we're born again, God puts his spirit in us. In God's spirit is God's mind. And we have the ability to know God's thoughts. Whether we act on them is our choice. Because we know that we are spirit. If you're born again today, we are spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul. Your soul is still giving you thought content. But you need to understand there's a new voice. God's spirit is living in you. You have his word that's filled with his thoughts outside of you. But you have God's spirit, man, living in you. Speaking. Saying, don't do that. Don't go that way. Go my way. Don't do what you used to do. Do something differently. Now, if we callous our hearts and silence the voice of the Spirit, then we're going to live in the fruit of what we've always known. But if we begin to pray every day, Lord, thank you for your word. <laughs> Everything it says I am, I am. Everything it says I have, I have. Everything it says I can do, I can do. Your thoughts are let them be my thoughts, God. But then also you're saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me from within the temple of my life. Let me finish with one verse that really underlines this, right? 
because you may say, how dare he stand up there and say that mortal people like us could know the mind of God? Has he never read the Old Testament? Yes, but I've also read the New Testament. Listen to what the Bible says. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things or the thoughts that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them rather foolish thoughts. They cannot understand them because the thoughts of God are discerned only through the Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit today? Give me a wave if he's living in you. That's good. We're a Spirit-filled church. But listen to verse 15. The person with the Spirit makes judgments. Judgments are the results of thoughts, correct? The person who has the Spirit is able to make judgments on the thoughts they get from God about some things, all things. But such a person is not subject any longer to merely human thinking. Wow! A person that is filled with the Spirit is now able to make decisions, judgments from thoughts that are coming from the Holy Spirit within them. But a person that isn't saved or born again can't. Verse 16. Who has known the mind of the Lord? That's an Old Testament reference. So that we may instruct him. Come on, here it comes. Here's the mic drop. But we now have the mind of Christ. We now have the mind of Christ. Why? Because the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ now lives not with us, but in us. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is this. Don't just accept every thought that you think. Think about what you're thinking. Where is it coming from? Where is it wanting to take me? Is this thought from God? Is this old thinking related to who I was before I followed Jesus? Do I need to replace this thought that doesn't feel right? with a God thought that could change the direction of the next day, month, year of my life. As a person thinks, so are they. Anybody get anything? You all right? Hey, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, You haven't got the Holy Spirit living in you. Don't kid yourself. You haven't, but you can do. See, when you're born again, you give your life to Jesus Christ like a fisherman. You say, I'm going to leave what I know to come and follow you. But the fishermen never knew Jesus coming to live in them till after the cross. Today, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, that same Jesus that spoke to two fishermen, is coming to the shoreline of your life today and saying, I'm not offering you religion, mindless religion. I'm saying, why don't you come and follow me? Become a follower of Jesus Christ. And as you do, 
I will work on you and bring you from who you were to who you were always meant to be. But it starts with one thought. Again, oh my goodness, thoughts are so powerful. You could be sitting here today and you could say, I know I need to give my life to Jesus. There's a thought, but I don't think I will. There's another thought. Actually, I think I will. There's a better thought. And when you act on the thought that's better, suddenly the experience that comes with the thought becomes reality in your life. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never, I don't ask any of you went to church. You could sleep all night in McDonald's. You wouldn't wake up a hamburger. It doesn't work that way. Have you become a follower of Jesus? Have you given your life to him, received him as Lord and Savior, acknowledged him not just as Savior, but also Lord? God, I give my life to you today. If not, could we just pray together for one moment as we close? Let's just all pray together, just to make anyone that needs to pray that prayer feel comfortable around us. Ready? Heavenly Father, thank you that Jesus died on a cross for my sin, representing me and bringing me from an old life to a new saved one. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God and I bow my knee to you as Lord today. Forgive my sins. Fill my life. I'm yours, Jesus. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer or you've been away from God and you need to return, I'm going to count to three and I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, go ahead, lift your hand. God bless you. I see that hand there. I see that hand there. Is there a third hand? Somebody else says today, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Is there a third hand? Two precious ladies over here. Anyone else? You say, me too. There's another hand there apparently. Hey, God bless you. There's a fourth hand. This is turning into a really good day. Is there a fifth hand? There's a fifth hand there. Praise God. Is there anyone else? Maybe in the center aisle and you say, I don't belong to God, but I want to believe I belong to God. I prayed that prayer for me today. Anyone in the center aisle? Anyone to my right, your left, that you say today needs to be the day where I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? Just a couple of moments as we close. Anybody else? I'm going to count it down. Five, four, three, two, one. Father, I pray for these precious people that this morning have given their lives to you. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. And let today be the day when everything changed. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, praise God. If you lifted your hands, please give us three minutes at the back. We've got a Bible, some stuff we want to give you because we're excited. Come on, church. How excited are we about the decision that they just made? Um, Hey, sorry, um, I overrun. I didn't think of overrunning. It wasn't a plan, but it happened. There you go. Over to Sean. Sean, just tell him what. Oh, oh, I'll tell you what we haven't done. Come on up, Sean. I've missed doing this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen, amen, amen. Cool, right. Let's keep our hands together for Pastor Andy.